Ah, uh, yes, 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 y'all. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the lounge. We are in store for a big one today, my friends. We are slowly but surely working our way through the bees, and we are nearing the end. Soon, the seas will be upon us. <laughs> but that's a good thing, man. Got a lot of good records that, uh, you know, the band starts with C. Okay, welcome everyone. Hope you're having a great day. I'm off to a good start already. Today, I'm really excited for this show. You're like, Marty, you always say that. You know, which is true, okay? I am excited to do the show. I love doing the show every day. But today is a special show. And uh, as, we, as we go on, I think you'll uh, get a better idea of why. <laughs> okay, so before I get into that, let's talk about the movie we watched this morning while we were setting up. It was called Crash from 1996, not the one with Matt Dillon about uh, racism in America. The David Cronenberg one from 1996 about people who fetishize car crashes and like to have sex in cars and then crash the car while they're having sex in the back or see the scenes of car crash and the carnage and and, and all these things, this uh, weird um, subculture, but I guess, you know, believable type of kink that uh, in 1996, this guy David Cronenberg made a film about in Toronto, starring James Spader, Holly Hunter, Deborah Unger, and uh, Elias Coteus. I rewatched this movie when we watched this today. This is my second time seeing it in my life. The first time I saw it in my life, I was probably like 14 years old. Might have seen it on the showcase uh, review, if that uh, means anything to anyone out there. <laughs> this movie is crazy, okay? It's uh, super sexualized. It's pretty gory. Like I said, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting, really interesting bit of kink. But as a film, I gotta say it's not great. It's almost more shocking than, I don't know, storytelling. So if you're looking for a story, this is not the movie for you. Because I didn't really see any, uh, I guess there was a, I guess there was three acts. I guess there was a conclusion, but I just kind of got bored with it after a while. So not going to give this one a recommend, but you know what? I will say that I'm glad I've seen it because it's totally weird, which I like. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about music because this is going to be great today. We're still in the bees. It's 1968. We are listening to the B -B 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 Beatles, part four. Today I pulled out. Man, it's got to be the best Beatles album. So that's one of the reasons why today's a real treat. It's the White Album. It's actually the self-titled album, but because it's all white, everyone just called it the White Album. But the album's actually called the Beatles. <laughs> I didn't know that. I learned that today. It's pretty cool. I can't, I've, we've talked about the Beatles three times already, but I really, I'm, I'm gonna take today to say I can't overstate the importance of this band and album. And this album has uh, like three of my favorite Beatles songs, no question about it, and one of my favorite songs of all time, which is the one we're gonna be listening to, which is awesome. So let's say, you know, if anyone's asked the question, like what's the best band of all time, 
Okay, I don't have any stats on this, but I'm sure this has been pulled. You know, like people say the Beatles. That's that's just the that's been the answer to that question for like psh, man, I don't know, the last 20, 30 years, right? And there's reasons for that, and we've talked about some of them. Um, this band, uh, all four dudes, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, they're all in the Hall of Fame individually, which is no surprise. They can all write songs. But um, three, like John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and uh, George Harrison, who, who really emerged, uh, I think, as a songwriter and started to be taken ter- seriously as a songwriter after this album, after what he did on this album, changed things again, once again. Cool thing about this album, sorry, one of the cool things about this album is that it's a double album, so two records, two discs, double LP, so you get twice the music, but I'm pretty sure back then it was the same price. So to me, when uh, when I thought about this today, because a lot of people, including their longtime producer, George Martin, were like, you don't have to include all these songs. Not all these songs are, are great, but the Beatles were just like, F you, man. Like, this is our album. We're, we're doing this. And these songs are great because we wrote them and we like them, you know, so shut up. This is uh, what, what happened with The Clash when London Calling came out. Because, once again, a double LP. And then, again, the Sandinista, the record company is just like, don't release so much content you know we're not getting paid for it if we release it as a separate album we'll get paid for it and the class were just like f that you know f that ridiculous like we want to give the people this music now right uh so uh, i always associated that with uh, pretty punk pretty punk rock pretty humanitarian and pretty you know anti-commercialism like what are we talking about here are we talking about the music or the money record labels like we're talking about the money stupid (laughs) okay back to the importance of the beatles and let's touch on something that i've kind of touched on before when people just lie (laughs) when they don't tell the truth okay so back to my question What's the greatest band of all time? Most people say the Beatles, right? Have you ever met anyone who has said that they don't like the Beatles? Implied that they know of the Beatles and their songs, but they just don't like the band? (laughs) Ridiculous, right? Absurd, you say. Like, who would say that? Well, I've only met one person in my life who has straight-faced said this to me. Okay, so just once for me. But maybe it's happened to others out there. And let's uh, dissect this guy for a second. Or, or people like this. It's kind of like, because to, to me, that's just like, well, my next question is, well, do you like music? <laughs> and this guy who said it to me did. Okay. I was at uh, a spy conference in D.C., in 2017 and I was out finishing up a night of a couple drinks with three others um, with me this guy says like whatever he wasn't my friend Uh, I hadn't really been paying attention to him all night but this was a G man we were all we all worked for the government G people and he just casually said I don't even know where it came from he's just like yeah you know what? I don't like the Beatles. 
And then he just like took a long draft of his drink. Cause I remember just uh, looking at this guy and just being like, okay. And I was just like, so <laughs> like all together or, you know, is there, do you like any song? <laughs> and he's just like, no, no, I don't like the Beatles. And then almost right after he said it for the second time, this other goof that was in my party, basically, uh, it was, he didn't quite, he was sitting at the bar, he didn't quite barf, but he like, as he was sipping his beer, he like coughed, sneezed into it, which exploded the beer all over his face. And uh, I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I doing here with these people? Because it was, you know, immediately apparent that we must flee that place as the bar was now covered with fucking beer and, you know, this drunk. And uh, his his partner was there and she's like, I need one, like, let's go. And I need help to get him out of here. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then the guy, the Beatles guy was just like, I'm just gonna stay here and finish my beer. <laughs> and he did. And I was like, fuck you, man. You are such a dick. And, uh, I think the other killer was like, at that night, he might have even been wearing like some band t-shirt, like some Rolling Stones or like Led Zeppelin t-shirt or some shit, you know? <laughs> so, whether he was telling the truth or not, that's the type of person that I think, you know, will tell you that they don't like the Beatles, no. These guys were friends, the drunk and the non-Beatle fan. They were friends, man. Like, I was the in between them you know it's crazy didn't want to help his own friend anyways (laughs) they're called contrarians and uh, my friend doug told me that who i worked at the record store with because one day i was just you know whining about whatever or talking about whatever as people do at the record store and i was like doug man my friend matt one of my other 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 friend matt doesn't like the movie forrest gump like what's up with that and doug was just like you know what he might be a contrarian and I was like what and he's just like yeah you know people who just say they don't like things just so like they're cool because they're the minority you know and I was just like oh wow maybe but you know what in that case uh Matt this other 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 friend Matt he I think he's telling the truth why would he lie about that I think he just didn't like the movie whatever moving on Okay, uh, I guess this is my favorite Beatles song then, and my favorite song of all time. We're going to be listening to Helter Skelter. First time I ever heard this song was when it was showed to me by my friend Two Crack. This is the same dude who, this is my same dude who's my friend Josh's younger brother who bought the Bad Religion t-shirt with the crossed out cross on it. Like, three or four years after that, uh, one day I was at his house, like their parents' house. And he was like, check this out. And he played me Helter Skelter by the Beatles. And I was just like, oh my God. I had, I had never heard this song before. I thought I knew everything about the Beatles, but I had no idea on the White Album. The later stuff, you know, I thought the Beatles, everything was like, you know, twist and shout and whatever. That the early stuff, the haircut stuff, the haircut and suit stuff. He said that his dad showed it to him because... Um, his dad, we were all into punk and his dad's record collection. Cause I remember looking through it this night, the story I'm talking about, he had a lot of good stuff. His dad had, he loved rock and roll from the sixties. He had like Hendrix, Beatles, Rolling Stones, whatever, like his own 
Matt, Josh, and uh, Jared's own little record treasure trove that uh, their dad started. And I and I knew their dad quite well. He's a good guy, firefighter. And uh, <laughs> he had a mustache. And uh, Matt played this song to me, and I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, like, this is punk, isn't it? And, and I was just like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, it is, right? And he's like, that's what my dad said. He's like, listen to this. He's like, where do you think this punk stuff that you're listening to came from? And then I think Matt was like, I don't understand. And his dad was like, maybe like, listen to the lyrics. They're just talking about like going down a slide. When I get to the bottom, I get back to the top of the slide. Da, 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 da. These lyrics don't even mean anything, you know, like, but like, listen to the power that the music is coming out with. And I was just like, yeah, geez, like that is like a lot of <laughs> punk stuff that uh, we were into. <laughs> so pretty crazy that you know i had been friends with this family since i was in grade four and uh because josh and i were the same age but then it took josh's younger brother like after i had been frequenting this house for like eight years uh it took josh's younger brother to be like here listen to this song and one of the craziest things, let alone how good the song was or how it was like maybe some precursor to punk, but that it was sitting there the whole time, unlocked by us, you know? And now that I've, uh, I've, I've thought back on uh, my buddy Deuce Crack a little bit more, this guy, by the way, like in provincial math exams, got like the highest in like whatever, high school calculates in the province or some shit, okay? Smart dude then i kind of thought about it a little bit too much and i was like i wonder if i wonder if when matt came home with that you know uh, bad religion shirt his dad was like all right deuce crack you know my son deuce crack you think you know punk like listen to this and then uh, deuce crack was like whoa but then i was like wait a minute that doesn't fit the timeline at all okay <laughs> before we listen to this song this was one of the songs that Charlie Manson thought contained coded messages to him regarding the apocalypse, okay? This is one of the greatest songs of all time. This is Helter Skelter, baby. Look out!
So there you have it. You're welcome for that. Thank you, Deuce Crack. Thank you, The Beatles, for that. Okay. Yeah. Charlie Manson uh, hung out with the Beach Boys for a bit in the early 60s there. And then him and his gang, they went up one night and um, murdered Sharon Tate. And I think at least one other person, but they, like, cut Sharon Tate's unborn child out of her stomach and wrote things on the wall and blood, I think, wrote death to pigs or piggies on the wall which is the name of another song on the white album and wrote uh, helter skelter in blood on the wall because yeah charlie manson thought there was uh, surreal real um messages in there and this this was his big statement this was part of his like cult or whatever so yep that happened uh white album no writing and apparently like it's all white like check the instagram page i'm putting it up so Apparently that was a, a conscious decision meant to contrast. Well, of course it was a contra- conscious decision. <laughs> but the idea was they they wanted the shocking contrast um, between this album 
and the one that came out before, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, um, which came out in 1967. And if you if you picture that album cover, which record I don't have, it's just a like cacophony of color and imagery. And that was a that album was a big success. <laughs> they and while they were recording that album, they were doing a lot of acid. And then the way, when they were writing the songs for the White Album, uh, they were a lot of them were written in India. While the whole band was there studying transcendental meditation, where they stopped doing acid and were only uh, smoking weed <laughs> for the inspiration uh, during the songwriting period for the song. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, the contrast between the, all the color and the shapes to just pure white. Uh, what a statement in itself because the band was in trouble uh, during the recording sessions this is when Yoko uh, first stepped on the scene really and I'm not trying to real slag off Yoko here but she did break up the band <laughs> no just kidding just kidding but uh, there was a lot of tension going on in the band at this time they were you know incredible superstars uh, all had wives and then um, you know, all had side projects, artistic side projects, and then Yoko came along, and apparently it was kind of the, the they broke the unspoken protocol because usually wives, girlfriends, partners, you know, hangers-on, onlookers were not allowed in the studio at all, so as not to distract the band, but, you know, I, I think maybe John Lennon, because Yoko was an artist, he's just like, oh, what's, what's the harm in having another artist, you know, like, critiquing our stuff before it came out, but, uh, yeah, m you know, maybe not. Um, so... Yeah, apparently while while they were recording this, all the band members really thought that this was probably going to be the last album. They were about fed up. Um, interesting thing, if you're wondering about uh, Helter Skelter, what that actually is, it's just it's the British name for like a slide, like a spiral slide that you'd find like on a on a playground or like a fair or something. This album, when it first came out. Just like Black Sabbath Master of Reality, the first edition had an embossing of uh, the word or the title, The Beatles, uh, in that same white color, so you can only see it in relief. But all subsequent reissues didn't do the embossing, they cheaped out and just printed the title again in grey. So isn't that hilarious? Um, one of the New York Times, the New York Times printed a review by the guy's name, I'm not even going to mention, I don't even care, um, but they printed a review that stated that the White Album was, quote, boring beyond belief. There was a pushback to the album um, by the Christian American right, because they listened to it, some of their representatives listened to it, and they thought it was a Russian communist plot to brainwash the youth of America. And when I read this today, I was like, hmm, Russians brainwashing people in America or around the world with disinformation? <laughs> I was like, well, definitely it didn't happen that time um, with the White Album. <laughs> but, you know, the Russians are known for that. Um, yeah, okay, Here, here's, here's a serious note. This is our last Beatles show uh, today, Together Kids. And I'm doing that because, like I said, I only, I only want to play the songs that I'm really passionate about or, or albums that I'm really passionate about because I don't want to waste anyone's time because I want to be coming here with straight fire every day and I want to be listening to the albums that I'm excited about. So here are the Beatles albums that I chose not to play that I skipped over because I just didn't think we needed them. 
one called Hey Jude, one called The Beatles Yesterday and Today, Revolver, Rubber Soul, and All of Let It Be. There are undoubtedly great songs on those records, brilliant stuff, but I just, you know, don't have time for it, baby. <laughs> you know, that's the quality that I bring to the table here, okay? And that's why I'm always like, this is the best, this is the greatest, because it is, all right? The three songs, the top three songs that I would pick out from this album, get this, are While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Happiness is a Warm Gun, and then Helter Skelter. While My Guitar Gently Weeps was written by George Harrison, Happiness is a Warm Gun was written by John Lennon, uh, and Helter Skelter was written by Paul McCartney. So holy crow, I didn't know that. I picked those three songs independently because I was like, these are my favorite. It turns out it, they were each written by uh, a different guy. So think about the power of that, having that songwriting in one group. That's one of the reasons that the Beatles are so amazing. That is going to be the end of the show. I want to give a shout out to the brothers that I talked about today that sauce deuce crack and Jared how you doing boys all right thanks for listening everyone I hope you had a good time today I hope you listen we're gonna be moving on as we wind down the bees coming back at you tomorrow with some of this good stuff parting thought do you ever just casually lie to people about inconsequential things say like you said you've seen a movie that you haven't or heard a band that you have does anybody out there do that <laughs> if you do then stop <laughs> or try to anyways think about it each one teach one baby 24 hours i'll be back i will see you tomorrow peace and love peace